All right, welcome back to Adventure Radio, guys. Today we've got a show with Nick Sorel, as in sore elbow, as in son, uh, son of son of Thor. No, as <laughs> nephew of Jorel. Ah, uh, yes, who was Superman's dad? That's right, twice removed. That's right, so he's Superman's brother, basically. He's Superman's brother, yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, so Nick's a gymnastics coach for brute strength, Michael Caju, who we had all, uh, on the show earlier, and he's also a CrossFit affiliate owner. So. We just had a really good chat about um, gymnastics in CrossFit and mm. basically coaching different demographics and stuff like that. Nick was a really good bloke. Yep. Uh, had a great time chatting to him. What did you think, Tommy? Yeah, I thought he was really good. I actually think this episode's um, really good content-wise for some of our CrossFitters and gymnasts out there. There's some um, a lot of intricate stuff we go into detail with um, and uh, some yeah, some really good stuff that you guys can um, get the notepad out. Mm. All right, so... Uh, so this show, guys, brought to you by Audible. Check out audible.com forward slash ADV. F Radio. AudibleTrial.com. AudibleTrial.com. Check out AudibleTrial.com forward slash ADV F Radio. You'll go there to find a free audiobook for yourself and a 30-day trial with Audible. Audible is amazing, guys. It's literally the best service yep. I have on my phone. It's my favorite app. Same. It's um, anytime you're driving, you're cooking dinner, you're cleaning the house, you can be uh, taken on. Learn some on, shit. Taking on knowledge. So I've just started totally. the seven habits of highly effective people after oh, finishing. I didn't know you were reading that. Yeah, I just, just started it, but I started it minutes after I finished Sex at Dawn. Oh, yeah. I was like straight into it and I thought, nah, I can't do this. Where's my sex? Okay, I can't do it. So nah, that's a good book. I want to write out, I want to start writing, um, I want to start writing poetry. Reviews of the books. Yep. Summaries and reviews. And I'm going to put it on Adventure's website, like book reviews, basically. Yep. But I also want to do it so I can get a g- grasp of what I thought of the book. Yeah. Put it in words and then retain more of it. Mm, I like so, it. anyway, Audible's great, guys. Um, we're also brought to you by Adventure, Adventure Travel. Travel. <laughs> Did you try and jinx me? You didn't even jinx me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> jinx. Jinx. Ah, gotcha. Um, <laughs> um, we're brought to you by Adventure Travel, Travel, guys, our mother company. And uh, we've got lots of cool stuff going on. By the time this is released, we'll most likely have a new trip for you. So I'm not going to say what it is, but go out and in case it's not released. <laughs> but uh, we're working on a couple of, we're working on two or three trips we're going to be releasing in the next few weeks. So check out www.adventurefittravel.com for all the details there. Cool. Other than that, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? I'm with me if you want to live. I did. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty, here we are, guys. We are. Oh, fuck, Nick. I might just ask you: Is it Nick Sorrel or Sorrel? Uh, like sore L, as if uh, as if the letter L did too many push-ups and got sore. Oh, sore yeah, L. sore L. Sore L. 
Like Jor-El. As in like... Superman's as in like, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jor-El. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's exactly it. That's It's exactly like Superman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think we'll just use that as a start. Yeah, that's good. We're, so we're on. We're on. Hey, so before we... Uh, we're sitting here with Nick Sorrell. Um, Superman's son, dad's um, nephew. Yeah, we're... we're so yeah, we're related somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Saw L bow. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to throw over to Tommy's tribute before we introduce Nick properly. As always, here we are, Tommy's tribute. Alrighty, uh, welcome, uh, my friend Nicholas. We're going to do um, a rap here. It's the first time I've ever done a rap on the show, so don't expect a whole lot. But <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it rhymes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Come on. Uh. Nick Sorrell got involved in justice at a young age Time to turn the page He competed year round in his junior year I'm inspired by this man's apparent lack of fear Because in 2011 he started to do crossfit He nearly made the reach He makes me look like shit Sorrell is a man who got a ton of records 40 handstand push-ups He's wiping the floorboards So without further ado I introduce to you Nick Sorrell Let's all give him a fucking yell Uh I'm gonna put that on my tombstone actually. Just put the part where it says he makes me look like shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome. I I really hope that's not the first episode anybody listens to of Eventually Radio because they won't be listening to (laughs) Just joking, that was good. That was our first rap. Hey Nick, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. So um Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um where you come from, bit of background. Yeah, um, so I'm in uh, Louisiana. Uh, I am uh, south of New Orleans, if you can believe that. That's uh, right. uh, in a little town called Thibodeau. Um, I'm from, uh, born and raised in Louisiana. Uh, got, uh, I guess, how I got involved in uh, you know this podcast, how Landon's podcast. An interesting thing is that I uh, started doing gymnastics when I was really young, um, and. Uh, uh, I did, you know, basically uh, young competitive gymnastics, nothing crazy. I actually got hurt my junior year of high school. And so I quit uh, or uh, I always called it retired and <laughs> I started coaching. And mm-hmm. uh, so I stayed involved with it. Um, but then uh, life uh, kind of turned to more uh, less recreational things. Uh, I went to medical school and uh, in Louisiana here. And then I went off and did my residency to be an ear, nose and throat surgeon in Texas, uh, in Houston, Texas. Then I, uh, became, a uh, a little bit more of an old man, not capable of doing all the gymnastic stuff I used to. And then I found CrossFit, which was awesome. Cause I had a little outlet to do some gymnastics sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. on a much smaller scale. And so I kind of fell in love with, uh, doing CrossFit. And then, uh, cause, uh, uh, you know, uh, the man upstairs uh, loves me, I guess. I ended up falling ass backwards into this awesome gig with mm. uh, brute strength uh, by having some mutual friends with Mike Cassie, the guy that you guys have uh, already done the podcast with. And mm-hmm. I've kind of built from there. So now I'm, I'm back here in Louisiana doing uh, practicing medicine and uh, also coaching CrossFit. Cool man. So, awesome. what um what what stoked the fire with gymnastics? Was it was you was it your parents that got you into gymnastics? Did you actually gravitate towards it yourself, or um how did it all how did it all really kick off with you and gymnastics? Yeah, my mom loves to tell the story that whenever I was like I could just started walking, I would grab onto things, and then my 
pick my feet up and start doing pull-ups, uh, you know, and just climbing trees and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, basically the second they, they could, they, um, they put me in gymnastics and just, uh, you know, the reality was my mom just thought it was a good fit. No, and my mom and my dad, you know, my dad was always, uh, at the athletic guy, he was good at like body weight sort of stuff. He did mainly track and field growing up and they just thought it would be something I'd be good at. And then, um, then I just, I, I really liked it, did it for, you know, I think seven years, seven, eight years, something like that. Mm. Cool. So, so what was it that, um, what was the injury that, that led you to have to pu- pull the pin? I just, uh, I, I kept getting bicep tendonitis. It was a really a combination of things. I got this really bad bicep tendonitis to where I couldn't straighten my arm. Um, and if honestly, these days, um, now that I know all these physical therapists, it's probably not something that should have kept me out that long. But at the time, they just put me in a cast for a while and then they told me to stay away for, and I think it was in something around the order of two or three months, but it was leading up to the competition season. And then my best friend who did it with me quit in the meantime. And I was like, shit, when I went back and then, you know, I was a junior in high school and all my friends were just partying. And uh, so Mm. it was just one of those things where it just was like, all right, you know, I think it's time to hang up the towel and do some young kid stuff and, uh, you know, stop fighting, getting injured and whatever. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so when did you, um, when did you actually start coaching then? You were, you were pretty young when you started coaching and you were coaching juniors. I yeah, I did. Uh, like my, uh, my senior year of high school I coached and then I coached a little bit in college and it kind of leans itself, uh, you know, gymna- recreational gymnastics kind of leans itself towards that, you know, cause you can coach the really young classes, uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I did coach a little bit of the, the team, but you know, it's nothing like coaching Olympic caliber, you know, people, you're just putting kids through, uh, you know, basic, uh, body weight stuff. And, um, yeah, so I started that high school and college. All right, cool. So, so, um, so what excites you as a coach? Like what, um, what these days now that you're, um, now that you're, you you have an affiliate um you have an affiliate correct i, I read yes, that right you have yes. an affiliate um you're on the brute strength team what um what is it about coaching that's that's a passion for you now what talk, tell us about uh, that my main thing uh, that fascinates me about this uh, especially the area of body weight fitness for crossfit is that it's such a fertile ground for discovery and because nobody knows the right way, you know, to do things. And in that way, it, it's, it kind of mimics my life as a physician because we have to fight dogma and fight knowing, thinking that we know the right answer and there's mm. one way to do things and, and stuff like that. And so to me, it kind of allows, you know, that's the train of thought, you know, uh, uh, along with the humanistic aspect uh, of medicine. But that's, you know, from an intellectual standpoint, one of the things I love about medicine is always – being open to learning new things and, uh, uh, kind of, and with this area of CrossFit gymnastics, it's a completely new field. Like nobody knows like what a, a kipping toes to bar isn't a thing in real gymnastics and neither is a butterfly pull up. And so we're all out there trying to figure out the best way to do it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and CrossFit operates within completely different rules uh, than artistic gymnastics. They're not graded on form or rewarded for, uh, you know, body aesthetics, they're rewarded for efficiency. Yeah. And so it has allowed me, um, kind of, uh, intellectually to, to try to figure out things and try to, 
to go in and do the best thing for my athletes. And, and, and that's the aspect of discovery is the best part for me. Hey, um, Nick, do you think that um, just on what you were saying before about the, you know, it's exciting times because we're in a new realm with, with CrossFit gymnastics as a, as a term in itself, like you said. Do you think that um, CrossFit gymnastics can play a part in developing just a, a standard gymnast? Like, would you ever think about using some of the exercises that have evolved recently into into more competitive um, gymnastics? Man, I don't uh, – that's a good question. I don't know. I've, I've thought about that, but I think you could take – you know, it depends on how the CrossFit program is designed. Now, I will tell you one thing. I do know some coaches uh, that do CrossFit now that actually do CrossFit style training for their kids. Mm. And they think that it's been working. So in a part and one part answer to that is yes, absolutely. Um, I think just as part of the conditioning. But, you know, I think there's certain limitations to it just because they're two totally different animals. You know, mm. like the metabolic conditioning aspect, although it's can I'm sure it can be helpful. You know, most gymnastics routines are 90 seconds or under, you know, it's, they're very, they're short. You don't really have that need to do a 12 minute Metcon, you know, mm. um, and you know, the, you get a little bit diminishing returns on developing a, you know, ton of leg strength. Uh, but uh, of course, like a, a full and, uh, you know, regimented and linear program like the, the, that we're doing for our higher caliber athletes. I'm sure it can apply to, um, you know, to a competitive gymnastics as well. Sure. So as a, as a coach now, um, with some of your athletes being towards the top echelon of the sport, how do you go about um, like bettering yourself as a coach? This is something that I always um, am interested about um, in terms of gaining new information, um, challenging the status quo. Uh, how do you go about, yeah, always trying to be evolving? Yeah, dude, I love that question. Um, my uh, when I first started this gig, so um, I was helping Mike Casio and, uh, and Matt Bruce do whenever it was called Bruce Barbell back when this thing was first started. That was what evolved into brute strength. And mm-hmm. I was their gymnastics guy because, like I said before, I just fell ass backwards and meeting them. Like, hey man, you do gymnastics? Yeah, like awesome. All right, great. Yeah, we can help some people. So and it was going great. But then we were going to get um, whenever they turned into brute strength. You know, that's when, you know, they got Chris Hinshaw and, you know, Tommy Hackenbrook mm. is on board. And then they really, you know, kind of up and up in the names in there. And then they were looking for a gymnastics guy and they looked through some higher profile people, you know, people that are a little bit more powerful names in the CrossFit world. And and none of them were available. So they came to me and they said, Nick, uh, you know, you want to do you want to do it? You want the job? I said, yeah, hell yeah, I want the job. But then what I told myself at that moment was. If I'm going to do it, since I don't have the pedigree that these other people have, like who the, who the hell is Nick Sorrell? I did gymnastics when he was a kid. Yep. I said, if I'm going to tell somebody something, I want it to mean something. Sure. You know, here, I think a lot of times we, in coaching, you hear these regurgitated just cues. Like somebody says something like uh, some arbitrary thing, like do this with your head or do this with your head without thinking about what it really means. So mm-hmm. I kind of took a step back and I said, well, what is constant? Like, what can I know that can't be changed? And the one thing where I started was physics. So I went back and I was reviewing essentially like the laws of physics and things like torque, conservation of angular momentum. And through, uh, you know, uh, through medical, uh, I have some access to some textbooks and stuff through medical uh, resources and looking at those and freaking Wikipedia, you know, and just really like looking at this stuff and then a combination of that. And then I starting to apply that and watching, you know, 
one thing I tell my athletes is they tell me, you know, they like, oh, thank you. You helped me so much. I'll be like, you know, thank you too, because I had the opportunity from watching all these athletes to learn. And I, what I have to always try to keep an open mind is if somebody uh, does something and they, and they're, and it's working, even if I think it's not what, like what I've been coaching, that's working. And so I try to identify from a physics standpoint and a biomechanics standpoint, why has that worked and mm. just keep it in mind. And the more I review videos and see what works and what doesn't, you know, that's kind of what's led me to say things uh, and, and coach the way I do. And so the basic answer to that is um, always keeping an open mind um, and, um, and always making sure that what I say means something, not just giving people arbitrary truths, but have a yeah. reason and a why behind what I say. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. So do you have any spe- specific resources like uh, like you say you, you go on the internet or, and you go on Wikipedia and stuff? Do you have any particular, like talking about coaching as in actual um, movement specific or, or, um, or gymnastics specific or just general coaching as in a broader term, coaching, coaching people? Um, do you have any resources for other coaches out there? I'm sure a lot of our listeners will probably find that pretty helpful. So let's uh, honestly, my favorite one, <laughs> my favorite one for the physics stuff, like the, just the bare bones physics stuff was a combination of Wikipedia and then just random physics sites that I would find online. As far as gymnastics, I wish I could remember the name of the book. I have it, I have it saved. I'm on my laptop right now. I have it saved on my computer in the other room, like a bookmark. Yep. It was this, uh, it was a random uh, biomechanics textbook that I found. Um, that was, a, I still have a, through my residency, I have access to this the library and they just had an old biomechanics textbook that was really helpful. And that was helpful for things like center of gravity and how people move. I, I, I mean, if I, if I find the name of that book, I'll, I'll email it to you or something yeah, yeah. Uh, and can put it in the show notes. Um, yeah, cool. And then, uh, the, what was, oh, shit, I was gonna tell you one other thing. Um, Oh, one thing that I think is really cool and really helpful for people. If you go to the 10 O, uh, like, uh, I forget if it's, it's 10, like, you know, the number 10.0, yep. um, that's a equipment manufacturer for gymnastics. And they have these old school posters that were made like the year I was born, 1981. And, uh, one of my old coaches actually is one of the guys that was on the team that helped design them. And they, it's a posters and a little book, and it has a bunch of rationale behind uh, gymnastics training and it's called stretch. Right, so if right. you go to the you know, website and you search for stretch, um, that's, it's like, 15 bucks or something. And it's really, really cool and really helpful. Shows you a lot of um, uh, techniques in terms of stretching as well as strength. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, um, so let's talk about um, dealing with um, the difference between, you mentioned that you, you coached children and then you um, now you coach high-level CrossFit Games athletes uh, or you have some, some high-level regional athletes. I think you got one, one um, Brooke Hens, I think it was your, you're a games athlete at Brew, don't remember Mike telling me, but like, how does it differ um, coaching people in different kind of demographics, especially like children and adults? So I find a difference uh, in the main difference I see is in my local box that I see. So mm-hmm. we actually, I just had a conversation with this with one of my coaches um, because, you know, I... I don't, I wish I had time to coach more in my local box, but I just don't, you know, I'm spending most of my time doing my, my day job stuff. So mm. um, what I have to do is I have to coach my coaches. And one big thing that we talk about is, you know, you have 
a grown ass person who's paying, this, you know, pre, this, this premium to come here, you know, they could be paying $20 in any time fitness, but I'm yep. paying a hundred something dollars a month to come here, you know, and then this, this uh, 20 year old kid is trying to tell me what to do, you know? And so adults come in with their preconceived notions and, you know, and some, of them, and, and this isn't all of them. I'm painting with a broad brush here because most of our athletes are very, they're awesome and they're respectful, but we, you have to walk a line between, you know, customer satisfaction and you can't just call people out and recommend that, reprimand them as adults. And I was just had this conversation yesterday with one of my athletes. He was like, yeah, I saw somebody cheating. And then it's like, I didn't know what to do because one of the other athletes came up after and they said, we know they were cheating, you know, and when I ended up telling them, I was like, yeah, you know, if that was a kid, you know, and this is like, if that was a kid in one of my gymnastics classes, I'd be like, I saw you were doing that wrong, you know, and you could reprimand kids, mm-hmm. but you can't reprimand adults in front of other people, you know, it just doesn't, that's bad for business. It's, it's not the right way to do it. And you're not going to achieve anything because, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get diminishing returns. You're not going to accomplish what you're trying to, because mm-hmm. you're just going to piss, you know? And so I told him, I, I said, what you can do with that situation is, cha- is take a positive. So, you know, you can try to gently address that with the other athlete, uh, you know, and, uh, but you know, the thing is that they know what they're doing, you know, yeah. and they, they, they're cheating. That's their personality. For but what sure. you can do is you can address that positively with the athlete that's concerned about it. Say, look, you're not, you're not fighting the whiteboard. You're not competing against the whiteboard. You're competing against yourself exactly. and maybe your, your friends and your goals. They're, your goals are the main thing you're competing against, you know? And so I think this, the psychological thing is the biggest thing. Um, physically, I think it, so that's the psychological thing. It's funny, you know, it's, it's funny with the psychological thing that you mentioned there. I used to, um, I don't coach anything anymore. I used to coach weightlifting and CrossFit. And I used to get um, athletes, grown ad- adults, like you say, grown ass, grown ass men and women. Grown ass. <laughs> that, um, they, would, they would come up to me in the middle of the workout and say, like they'd be doing squats, air squats or whatever. I'd be walking past, you know, yelling some stuff out and they'd say, Look at look at Dan over there. Look at Dan over there. He's doing eight reps every round. Like mm. so it might be twelve reps. Mm. He's doing eight reps every round. He's doing eight reps every round. Mm. Do, go, go do something about it. I'm like, that's not my. That's not what I do. No, it's not no. my job. Yeah, exactly. It's not my business. And I always say, just worry about your own work. It's got yeah, nothing to right. do with you. That's right. It's, but also, you, you know, like, I mean, you find as well that like. There's, there's some, I mean, something, something's not right for them to be worrying so much about the other person. But the, the more, the more that you can get rid of, and this is dealing with with kids that I, I, I believe, and I want to know your uh, your input or your your thoughts on this. But the more you can get them to uh, get out of this idea of it's a competition and it's it goals and all this stuff, and the more it's like it's just the best hour of their day, and they're just there for fun. The 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 less cheating. I feel you see. Do you, do you have any thoughts on and that? Bettering yourself. And bettering, bettering yourself. yourself. Absolutely. So you're not going to cheat against yourself, are you? No way. Exactly. It, you, yeah. Well, you just can't. Yeah. You frame it. Yeah. 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 I 100% agree, man. Like, I, you know, I couldn't have said it any better. You know, it's just what I tell people is uh, I like to say that the my, I think the best thing about CrossFit is it turns um, working out from being a chore into being a hobby. Yeah. You know, when it's a chore, you're kind of cheating. You can cheat yourself. You'd be like, I'm not going to do this rep. I'm not going to do that. When it's a hobby, like you said, you're just having, you're having fun. And then if you view it as the most entertaining part of your day, which for a lot of our athletes and, you know, and, 
I, I can't say this anymore because I have a 10 month old. So that's the most entertaining part of my day. <laughs> but, you know, but really, it, but it is one of the things I look forward to the most in my day. If I can't go to the gym, I, it's, it's, it sucks, you yep. know? And so to me, just to be able to go there and, and do it is, is fun. And, and so to me, I don't gain anything from cheating, you know, I'm just doing the workout and, and it's, and it's fun. And I gain a lot just from, uh, from completing it. And, we're trying to pass that, that culture onto our athletes is I think really important locally at our box. And I think one thing, fortunately with brute strength uh, is that we have a really excellent culture of that. We, we really do. I was honestly, see, cause like my gymnastic system that I created is all foundational based. It's making people do the absolute most basic stuff, like basics, like to taking people that we're doing, like, I can do this many handstand pushups and say, no, all right, too bad. You're doing headstands now mm, and yep. making them go back to basics. And I thought I was going to get so much resistance, but the reality is, I think the reality is I have I had very, very little resistance to that. Going back to the basics approach. And I think it's been um, really refreshing for a lot of our athletes, you know, and, and, you know, so that I guess that goes back to the second thing about the difference between coaching kids and adults. Kids are, you know, not only psychologically, but, but physically just a clean slate and you can do so much with them. You know, they're so, they're so mobile and they recover so easy they're and they bendy. don't have, they're real bendy they don't have <laughs> these bad things that they've been doing mm. with like, you know, these bad muscle immobilities or, and uh, deficiencies. Been bench, bench pressing for 14 years. Haven't been sitting down, <laughs> eating chips. <laughs> heavy. And, yeah. So, so with adults though, I, I've been really happy with how pliable they are in their physical nature mm. too. Like we can go back and by just hammering the basics, make them move more like gymnasts. Yeah. Because yeah. the reality is that's the advantage I have. I'm not stronger. The reason I can do more of this gymnastic stuff is just because I have the background of, of, you know, paying attention to what my body was doing in space. And that's what I'm trying to get these guys, uh, you know, our athletes to do. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. Hey, um, Nico, we wanted to um, move on and talk about some um, specific training principles of uh, gymnastics. How, how does that tie in um, with, the, with the, the CrossFit programming and um, what sort of stuff do you focus on in the lead up to um, regionals, in the lead up to the Open, um, some, some stuff like that? Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, well, do you have any like specific uh, yeah, things? I'll ask a specific question. Nick, considering ask- Tom wants to go around in circles over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just want to hear you talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, right, I must so- have heard my podcast with Mike where I just talked for 45 minutes and you know, I thought you guys just have, a, you know, have some, some lunch right now and I just yeah, keep yeah. talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Nick, who are you? <laughs> so... Um, so what about um what are the what are the basic exercises like three to five exercises for a general CrossFitter that you'll implement to really um, I'm talking um, gymnastics based to really strengthen them up to get them ready for pull ups and uh, and butterfly pull ups and muscle ups and handstand walking all this stuff what are the what are the core exercises that you find most beneficial for the general populace? All right, um, let's see. All right, so the best thing that's a really uh, for me, that question is really hard to answer because I use a lot of different stuff, but I think what it really comes down to, and this is what I talk about a lot, it's not what particular exercise you use, it's why you're using it. You know, so there's like a million different kinds of push-ups, there's a million different kinds of pull-ups, right? Um, you know, but so what we've done is rather than focus on the ex- exercises, because I think a lot of times, it's really, especially in the age of social media, and I'm guilty of it too. And I'll try to put disclaimers when I can, 
but you try to put stuff that catches the eye on social media, like something that's cute and clever and, Oh, look at this exercise. And people look at that. Oh shit, I should be doing that. You know, I should be doing a push up with one hand on this and the other hand on that, you know, and Oh, that's what I need. Mm. So rather than, you know, uh, focusing on the exercises, what I took when I made my program, I tried to focus on what attributes of the athlete I was building. Sure. Right. And so, um, I kind of broke it down like the body is a machine. So essentially the, the machine, uh, a machine needs fuel and a machine needs gears and a machine needs a motor, you know? And so the, the fuel is, uh, in our program that's left up to the CrossFit guys and Chris Henshaw, you know, I, I don't really have to do a lot with muscle endurance because these guys are getting all the, uh, we do work a little bit of gymnastics, local muscle endurance, and that's your Metcon sort of stuff. But the, the guts of my program is mainly the, um, the motor, which is the strength. And so I break that down into pulling strength, pushing strength, and then core strength. And then for pulling strength, you can further break that down into straight arm pulling, like lever pulling, yep. and then bent arm pulling. And then for um, uh, the uh, pushing strength, I can break that. I call it inverted because the inverted pushing, like handstand push-ups, is a different animal um, physio- you know, physically. Uh, so I break it out into inverted pushing and then non-inverted pushing, which are is either um, upright, which is dips, or uh, you know, prone, which is pushing uh, push-ups. And then, uh, and then core strength. And then for core strength, I usually break it up into um, resisting movement because that's uh, one of the most important things about core strength is being able to resist movement in core while you're doing work elsewhere uh, with your extremities. And then also moving core strength, which is you know sit-ups, being able to move your core or back extensions. So that's that's one limb of it, and that's the motor. And then the other limb is the gears, and the gears is basically being able to for your body that motor to be able to move effectively you know and not being the guy who's who can just do curls but can't lift his arm above his head you know um and so that i break down into uh mobility which for us is is, is uh you know mobility is a really broad cat category for gymnast mobility a lot of times it just breaks down to flexibility which is the ability to move a joint um so that's one aspect of that then the other two things or what we really hone in, uh, what we really hone in on are um, static positions and then uh, dynamics. So static meaning, you know, what's the the top of a uh, the a ring dip is a ring support hold, and the bottom of a ring dip is the you know the bottom of a ring dip. It's a support hold, but your arms are bent. And then you know the top of a handstand push up is um, is a handstand, and the bottom is a headstand. And so you can essentially, depending on whether you're in a support position, a hang position, your arms are bent or straight, and then whether you're prone, upright, supine inverted you can come up with all these different positions and then when you analyze and and then what shape your core is in when you look at that you can say every single one of those positions is what it takes to do a butterfly pull up what it takes to do a ring muscle up and so we ask athletes to hold those positions and feel comfortable and feel what it feels like to do that and then we ask them to go from one position to another and with the dynamics and then our coaching becomes a matter of not saying, hey, pop your hips and move this elbow and do this or that, but going from, no, go from this position to this position. And it's so much easier for the brain to comprehend that. You know, if you think about a golfer, 
you always, the golfers, when you're, they're not thinking, okay, I'm going to move my wrist right here. And then I'm going to, you know, uh, move my elbow right here. They're, th- they're a lot of times just thinking of how do I line up? And then they can tell how that, well, they hit the ball by how they finish. Yeah. You know, they always finish with a club behind them and if they're falling off their back foot, you know, so they hit the wrong position. Yeah. The, the positions, it, the positions feel, uh, feel comfortable for them and are uh, not comfortable, but they they know what the positions feel like. So they're able to put their body there without thinking as much. Exactly. And so, yeah, so the long-winded answer, uh, and yeah, hopefully you guys had time for a sandwich during that answer. (laughs) (laughs) The long-winded answer to your question is, you know, I think if I had to, now if I had to pick one thing for an athlete to do, a crossfitter, to be better at crossfit gymnastics, it would be to work positions. Yeah, yeah. That would be the one thing. And you know, now, and also flex, I mean, flexibility is key too, but that's a, that's a whole other animal, you know, people, cause that depends on the person. Some people mm. are woefully inadequate at that and some people aren't, but almost all of them are woefully inadequate at, uh, at positioning. And, uh, and so that, that would pre, if I could prescribe one thing for somebody that would probably be to work on more positions. Sure. So, so all right, well, my, my next question was what's the most overlooked kind of part of, uh, training for CrossFitters slash weightlifters out there. But so you've pretty much answered that in that question, um, that, that that you just answered then but like what's a what's an example as in actual um three positions say say it's a monday and you've got three positions you're going to prescribe as extra work for somebody maybe or i'm not sure how you'll do it but say you've got three positions and you want them to do you know three sets of 15 reps or or, th- or three sets of 30 second holds what's a what's an actual example of yeah. of something that you'd you'd, you'd um tell someone well, to do on a day apply that. Yeah. 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 So, um, for our athletes, I have a whole system where we go through, um, where we increase their volume over time, but an easy, the easy way to do it just for any CrossFitter would be to take, I would take a, a support position, a hang position, and then a core intensive position. So, and then, uh, you know, this core one can be also, um, a support as well. So, Say you take your core slide, uh, one core position would be uh, an L sit or a tuck support on um, uh, on parallettes. Gotcha. And then you, what you do is you want to hold. Most people do well with a one to one, one to one work rest interval, uh-huh. and then working. So you can do five seconds on, five seconds off, or ten seconds on, ten seconds off. And usually the sticking point for most athletes is somewhere to two to three minutes. If you can get to three minutes, that's pretty good. Mm, that's um, really good. Yeah. Yep. good. Yeah. yeah. And then um, if you need, and then you can go, and I'll even do that with my athletes. So with my athletes in my gym, and one thing is like, so I'm on that, on that, you know, to me, you, you know, I'm talking about a tuck sit versus an L sit. Yes. Uh, yeah. So your so knees you, are at a, your knees are at a 90 degree as a tuck sit. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. Your knees are tucked into your body, and then you're uh, you're flexed at the knee joint as well. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and then with the you know you're only flexed at the hip, and your leg, your knees are extended on the L sit. And so, yes. um, and so most people that are trying to do L sits have no business doing that. They need to be doing excellent tuck sits yep. rather than janky ass you know L sits. Um, so uh, that would be one, and then take a, a hang. So one thing could be a top of the pull up hold. And then also one to one work rest interval. Hold it for five seconds. Rest for five seconds. Do it for as long as you can, and uh, then you can pick another support position, which would be like a handstand. And then you know hold a handstand. And then handstand you can hold for a little bit longer at a time. Do it fifteen seconds on, fifteen seconds off, or you know sometimes three to four minutes. So what about and so um, that would be a very easy easy workout? How much time would you um, 
Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off. How much time? How much time would you uh, would you spend in support holds in the um, hollow position? Is that the number one go to? Obviously, uh, not obviously. The que- that's my question. Is that the number one go to? The hollow hollow hold, or is that one of the most important? Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So it, I actually, um, in our new, in my gymnastics only, uh, program that we're coming out with and the way, and actually what we're incorporating into our, we have a, a lot of games athletes we're working with now this year. Um, and we're, I've come up with eight common hold positions, hmm. uh, and, the, the, uh, or the eight, uh, most basic or the most fundamental hold positions. Yep. And that just supine body hollow hold on the ground is one of those. Yeah. So definitely you want to be able to hold a hollow body position such that your lower back stays on the ground. Um, and, uh, and if somebody came up and pushed your feet, you would just rock back and forth on the ground. Like yes. you were, a, that somebody had pushed, you know, sure. like you want, the whole idea with that is you want uh, the problem that crossfitters have that I find is uh, one problem is they want to use their hips for everything. Yep. <laughs> you know, like you got to use your hips, you got to extend your hips. And a lot of times it's not helping you. You know, no, you've got it. Mm. The body in, in gymnastics, you know, like a traditional kipping pull up, you don't really need to be jerking your hips a lot. It's actually not helping you because the, what's really helping you is the swing of your shoulders, you sure. know, not the jerking of the hips is the change of direction. The shoulder swinging, which is the straight on pulling, is the motor, is the power of it. What do you think about that, um, the kipping pull up that CrossFit teaches in the level one? I mean, I did the. CrossFit gymnastics certificate six months after my CrossFit uh, level one or maybe a year after my CrossFit level one back in the day. And I went, I left the CrossFit gymnastics certificate and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. So I go and throw out absolutely everything that I was taught in the, mm. in the CrossFit level one mm. that I've been teaching for the last year. Because obviously there's that, um, the bucking of the hips and I forget how the cues go now because I haven't coached in so long. But I never taught it like that. I taught a hollow position, hollow arch, hollow arch. And that's how the gymnastics teach it but crossfit go and have their own you know bastardized version of it why do you think that is yeah i I, honestly i think it you know and i don't want to uh you know cast aspersions on on crossfit or anything like that but i I think the problem with that is that they have a they have their dogma you know that they have to show it that way without really you know looking uh i guess I've looked at so many videos of so many people and, and done this so many times and then and then try to correlate it from a physics standpoint. To me, it just doesn't make sense that the jerking of the hip because they're like, yeah, the, the hips, that's the power, but that only counts if your feet are planted on something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. Your feet have to be planted on something in order to apply that force, you know? And, you know, and so they did the same thing to me. They, they told me I was, I did my level one. And, they were, and I was doing hollow body kipping pull-ups, you know, and now of course you add the arch if you do the butterfly, yep. but I was just doing regular kipping pull-ups and, and they were like, oh, you do meathead pull-ups. And I, meathead I was like, pull-ups? Yeah. I was like, I was, <laughs> Is that I was like, slightly offensive? I hope you told him straight <laughs> up, like, uh, no, I'm, motherfucker, no, I dickhead. do pull-ups. Yeah. I do gymnastics pull-ups. I'm the man. I was like, I respectfully disagree. I, I, I kind of, I, I just, I kind of left it alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sure. totally you don't actually, want to be a jerk. Yeah. I, I got, you I got a little bit hip jerk. And I got all, and I get, I went and I, and I called, I called uh, Mike Cassie who after was like, I was like, dude, like what, what the hell, man? And then, uh, and then, uh, I was like, I took everything I had to just not, you know, get in a big argument. Yeah, yeah. And he started laughing. And he said, you need to talk to Matt Bruce. And apparently and Matt Bruce, when he did the level one, they were, and, uh, you guys know, Matt Bruce, he's our Olympic guy. He was on the Olympic team as an alternate. Like he's a yeah, 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 excellent yeah. weightlifter. Yes, yes. And they were telling him he was doing all this shit wrong. 
at, uh, at his weightlifting and everything. <laughs> and so yeah. Matt told me that story. I was like, all right. So I guess that's it's just the way it it's goes. It's not just me then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Um, that's the same. Yeah, cool. So um, what about stuff, talking about actual uh, actual movements again now. So inverted stuff. So this is the things that, that trouble people the most, you know. You see, um, you see people that want to get better handstand push-ups doing tons of extra handstand push-ups and so on and so forth whereas I've heard a lot of people say that the best way and you know some stuff that I would do would be um, shoulder taps or just um, or holds just just positional holds um, nose into the wall um, to work on those little stabilizer muscles in your shoulders what are the best for handstand push-ups handstand walking shoulder stability when you're upside down what are the best uh, what are some usable movements and um, accessories for that the first thing I would say with a handstand push-up is uh, for the handstand push-up itself is I think you're right, absolutely right about the holds. I think time under tension is key. Mm-hmm. I think the person who wins is the person whose shoulders don't get worn out by all of the time it's spent supporting itself, off of, uh, supporting your body off of the ground. Yes. And so I have my athletes just spend uh, a lot of time on their hands, just upside down. Mm. Um, whether that and whether you're doing shoulder taps or actually I really like rather than shoulder taps like you don't act, because people get caught up on getting off balance on shoulder taps next time you do it just go get on a box with your and get your ass over your head or get on the wall and you can go perpendicular to the wall it's actually really helpful so that just one foot is on the wall and you're perpendicular and rather than tapping your shoulders just pick one hand up at a time just yeah. an inch off the yeah and it's it really starts to burn really fast and you maintain your balance and you actually mimic that handstand walking movement a little bit better because you're not, um, you're not throwing yourself off to try to do that really fast shoulder tap. Mm. Um, so I like that a lot. Um, and I got off subject cause I've started off talking about handstand pushups. So, but handstand pushups, one thing I think is really key is the position you put your body in for your center of gravity. So when you think about a, a press or a push press, you have to keep the bar over your feet, you know, and just like, again, I'm not trying to talk, I think level one course, they give you a lot of great info, but and then one thing they taught me and, you know, is that whole bringing your head back thing when you do a press and you're basically trying to keep the barbell over your feet. Well, when you're doing a handstand push up, your base of support is your hands and the weight you're moving is your center of gravity, which is right under your belly button. So to get your center of gravity, if you watch somebody from the side doing handstand push-ups, to put your center of gravity over your belly button, you have to arch. And so what I find works the best is you go from a hollow headstand to an arch. And then after you arch and put your center of gravity over your hands, then you start to press. Yep. That also engages your back because you need to engage your back to rotate your scapula as you press. And that's why I mentioned, you know, before that, that pressing inverted is a completely different animal because you have a whole thing where you have to be able to engage your back to rotate your scapula. And I have a bunch of drills that I work with people to do that. Um, one simple thing you can do, and here's a cool thing you can, uh, your listeners can try, get into a headstand. And, you know, and if you're familiar with gymnastics movements, you know, the headstand, you're supposed to have your hands and head like a three-legged stool, like yep. a tripod. Yep. And have somebody hit, touch your heels and try to push you over. And feel how you have to push against your palms. You can imagine you have to push your palms against the ground to resist getting pushed your, you know, on your ass or basically well, on your face. So somebody pushes your heels and tries to push you over on your face and you have to push off your hands to resist that. And that's how you should be pushing. I think works the best to push for handstand push-ups. All right. Yeah, that makes cool. sense. So um, one final question from me that I just wanted to touch on with as far as like actual um, – 
exercises in in general. What um what do you think is an uh, is a movement or a couple of the movements in CrossFit that just should be scrapped? Because you know what's the or, or what's the worst? What, if what any, would you, if any? Yeah, I mean you don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to rag CrossFit. You know we. Yeah, but, no, yeah. but I mean, I like, yeah. what are the what are the movements that you see that aren't really doing much benefit for people in the way that they apply them, or in the way that they um, or in the way that they're programmed? Oh man, that's a <laughs> that's a it's because I know I've had those I've had those thoughts so many times, <laughs> and I guess. Uh, with a lot of the stuff, I won't um, tell. I won't tell Dave Castro. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, Dave, Dave, get yeah, out of the room. No, get I, out of the room. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I think I, I've got a friend who's a physical therapist who absolutely hates pistols and thinks they should be scrapped. Um, I tell you, I, I don't like necessarily wholeheartedly agree in concept, but I tend to agree. Uh, wholeheartedly every time I do them. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just like a lot of tension on your, um, on, on, you know, those, uh, the tendons of your, uh, you know, your patellar tendon and stuff like that. Uh, and I know I've gotten really bad tendonitis from doing that, but, um, but you know, I guess like there's nothing essentially wrong with unilateral loading. Um, I guess the thing as well for, for cross, I wish I'd have been more prepared for that question. Cause I know <laughs> I'm sure I can think of some stuff. Because my, my thing is, you know, people always talk about these kipping pull-ups and is it really bad for your shoulders? You know, the thing is with me, I honestly feel like my shoulders are better off now um, mm. than before I started CrossFit. Um, and, uh, and and I think it's, it's as long as you're doing the movement right. I think it's the problem. The inherent problem isn't necessarily a lot of the movements. It's the people that should be in the category of still doing ring rows but, but getting – get involved in seeing all the people around them doing pull-ups sure. and they're just doing really poor biomechanic kipping pull-ups that is a dangerous to their shoulders. So basically the problem is a mental one of people not being ready to do some of these things. Um, then, you know, then the movements in general, although if it, I'll probably think right after I get off of this call of a couple of them that <laughs> should be scrapped. Happens, I kind of, um, I, I completely tend to agree with you, um, with, uh, with that, statement nick that's like it's not the movement it's the person that shouldn't be doing the movement that that goes for it anyway and you have to look at the just um the the evidence we've got i mean crossfit as a training methodology has been around for i think it i think um greg came up with the concept sort of mid 90s or it's been around for 15 years at least and um we haven't really seen many injuries from people that are able able and capable of doing these movements actually doing we haven't seen like wear and tear and you know i know it's a young sport but um it seems to be going in the right direction in terms of health. Hey, um, moving forward, what's uh, what what is next for uh, for Nick Sorrell? Oh, uh, next for me Sorrell. is uh, Sorrell. Sorrell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but really man. Sorrell. Sorry, <laughs> relatively Sorrell for yeah, the people up. Yeah, he might get a strongly worded letter, man. That's yeah, not my that's name. true. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> next for me is uh, uh, so the biggest thing in the CrossFit world is my gymnastics only program and building out, um, uh, the training methods that we're going to be, uh, using and, and fine tuning the ones we're using moving forward for our higher level athletes, uh, through, a am going to have this big archive where everything is linked, um, online. It's just going to make what we do more powerful. You know, all those, the, the whole machine analogy I gave you earlier, essentially that's all going to be archived online where we can automate it and customize programs for people. 
um, you know, professionally and personally, it's uh, just uh, building a family and uh, trying to raising this baby and uh, trying to build my uh, ENT practice. And, uh, you know, so just, just a lot of, a lot of things to do in my life. I'm, and, and, you know, I need to call my congressman about getting more hours put in the day. I'm not sure <laughs> yep. if it's a 26 or 27 hour day. Cool, Jor-El. Uh, but that, cool, you're that's, cool. that's probably the, the next thing on my list just so I can accomplish all this stuff. All right, beautiful. So um, cool, man. just to wrap it up, Nick, we got three questions from myself, three questions from Tommy. They, they, um, they're normally rapid fire. These ones have to be particular rapid fire. Yeah. We have another guest uh, in 10 minutes. 30, 39 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, so mine are travel related. So my first question is, is what's your um, favorite destination on the planet? Can be little country, uh, little town, uh, best country, best place, continent. favorite place I ever went was Switzerland, Beautiful. like uh, Lucerne, Switzerland. Okay, cool. What was the what was the highlight? Uh, we went up in the uh, the mountains, and uh, yeah, we did this. Uh, yeah, basically just going up in the mountains. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Cool. I'm from Louisiana, we don't yeah. see a lot of that. Yeah. No <laughs> All right. So next uh, question is dream destination. Dream destination, uh, dude. Uh, can I say uh, outer, outer space? Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you can. Anywhere in particular, or you just want to leave the uh, leave the. Uh, I just uh, want to look down and, and and see the Earth from a spaceship and spit on everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having to be an astronaut, I you think you'll be able to yes. do it. I think in I think by the time that we're we're old and. Uh, well, Decrepit, we'll be able to pay not too much money to do that. Look, I think, I think personally with the way that Kibbing Pull-Up is developing, the, the hip jerk will be so aggressive that you'll just throw yourself out there. <laughs> and uh, last question from me, Nick. Um, if you had three things to keep you sane on a desert island, entertainment-wise, what are they? Uh, let's see. Um, I would say, I like. how about horseshoes? Uh, horseshoes. Horseshoes sound fine. Yeah, why not? Um, uh, just because that was the first thing of mine. Rapid fire, and I'm not going to go into that, so we're going to yeah. leave that open to interpretation. Yeah. So horseshoes, you've got horseshoes. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, not duck uh, shoes. Uh, man, uh, okay, I gotta go rapid. I'm just good with things that come to my head. Comic books. Boom. I don't really, I, I don't even know why. I don't even read comic books. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, what else? What else would I do on a desert island? Uh, I don't know. How about a, can, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with a Kindle. With yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's Kindle's actually good. very that's, popular. That's a, one. that's a week. That's a week. Boring answer, but nah, right. I'll, nah, Kindle's good. 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 I, I was just at the beach two weeks ago, and that's what I did on the beach. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, Nico, um, what do you do in your downtime, in your spare time, when you have some? Apart from uh, read books, wearing your horseshoes. <laughs> I, uh, let's see, I, I guess one thing, I love, uh, I love uh, outdoor work and like yard work. Mm. Um, you know, like I built my fence and did my landscaping and my wife always jokes I can just walk around in my yard in my underwear just like looking at the grass. So I love uh, stuff like that, like projects. That's uh, cool. that's what I love to do. I wish I had more time to do it. Yeah, um, and I also like uh, you know traditional South Louisiana hunting, fishing stuff. Oh, I, love, I love Louisiana. I've been in New Orleans. I want to go back. Anyway, um, that's for another one. <laughs> hey, uh, did you have a big role model growing up, like a big inspiration, um, someone you looked up to? Um, my dad and uh, and my uncle. You know, my uncle's also near nose and throat surgeon and. That was always an inspiration to me, seeing him go through that and mm. me wanting to be a physician. And then, and then my dad, you know, just seeing the way that, that he treats people and, 
uh, you know, um, and, and just being a good man. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's by far the two most influential people and kind of the person I've become. Absolutely. Hey, uh, and one final question. It's going to put you on the spot a little bit here. That's uh, nice and tough. But uh, if you could invite three people, dead or alive, to dinner, uh, who would they be and why? And you can't say your family because uh, your family's already yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Um, let's do – all right, let's pick an alive person cool. who I'm fascinated with. That is, uh, I'm going to go with Chris Pratt. I really oh, like that cool. guy. He's yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. The, uh, the actor? Uh, uh, and I just, yeah, the, yes. the actor, the guy, I, I just finished watching all the seasons of Parks and Rec, so I guess that's ah, why yeah, I'm going yeah. to. Yeah, he's, he's cool. Um, either him or Nick Offerman, one of the two. Um, and then, um, that's it. Uh, let's see who else. Um, Bill and Tom from Adventure Fit Radio. <laughs> I mean, I guess you got to go with, with Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus is a good one. Yeah. Uh, He'd be a cool dude to speak to. Yeah, I'd like to talk oh, to no, Jesus. Oh, no, we forgot to bring the wine. <laughs> oh. <Yes>. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, how about, okay, and then last person. Um, I was thinking of like some kind of a sports figure. Mr. Red. Really like oh, you know what? Uh, Sports figure that I always thought was awesome growing up was uh, was Willie Mays. I remember reading a book about him uh, growing up, and I was fascinated with him. And he was like mold. So I guess yeah, I'll just say Willie Mays. Cool. Seems like all right. Let's, yeah, let's go with that. I like it. That'd be a cool dinner. Cool. Yeah, man. Thanks, Jesus, Nick. Jesus, Willie, and, and Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, that's not necessarily in that order. Um, hey, Nick. So where can people find you? Where can people find what you're doing? Anything you want to plug? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, my Instagram is uh, Nick Sorrell, N-I-C-K-S-O-R-R-E-L. That's where I do most of my CrossFit propaganda. Um, it's really the only thing I do. I, I tried to do Snapchat once and it uh, frightened me. It was just, uh, <laughs> so, too many dick pics. Uh, but I, I, am, I, I think I'm on Snapchat. I was just never sure if, uh, what was going on the internet, you know, and I couldn't keep up with it. Um, and uh, But yeah, the main thing I have all my CrossFit stuff is Nick Sorrell. Um, uh, the um, uh, the Instagram account um, and then um, you can get in touch with me always through if you go to brutestrengthtraining.com they have uh, the uh, the you know email addresses for contact info and all this stuff I actually have uh, I think that's gymnastics at brutestrengthtraining.com as the email and um, so um, you know uh, if any of you guys are listening and you're looking for any direction uh, you know the uh, gymnastics pro- only program hopefully will be coming out in the next several months um, it's a really big undertaking I'm working as hard as I can um, and if you guys have any questions you can always hit me up on uh, on either email or, uh, or an Instagram message or something like that and I'll get, get you some info beautiful sweet alrighty well thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show Nick and um, it's, yeah, it's been great yeah Hopefully, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to add Willie Nelson to my list of people that I'm, I'm bringing to dinner. Oh, well, now, hang on a second. Now, hang on. Yeah, I mean, party. that would involve another chair. And I don't think you're yes. prepared for that. Man. <laughs> We're going to have to, we can only pick one Willie. That's going to yeah, be that's tough. right. Well, there's going to be four Willies there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a good note to leave it on. I love it. All right. Thanks, All right, Nick. Awesome, guys. Thanks, Thanks Nick. Cheers, man. Bye. All righty. So. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Nick. He was a really, uh, really good guy. Mm. Lots of uh, lots of good information about gymnastics and uh, how to apply it in uh, implementing into CrossFit and 
how to also coach different demographics. I had a really good time chatting with him. Yeah. If you love the tribute, guys, if you love that rap, uh, let me know because I'll be doing more raps. <laughs> if you hate it, guys, don't let me know and I'll probably never do it again. <laughs> um, and make sure you subscribe, guys. So go on iTunes, leave us a rating and review if you're there as, uh, when you're there as well. And then if you want anything from the show that's usable content, you make sure you go to the show notes, which can be found at www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcast. Yep. Um, subscribe to the mailing list while you're there. And then um, don't forget audible.com, audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio for a free audiobook and 30 day trial. Don't forget www.adventurefittravel for all your traveling needs. Boom. And once, and once. And once. Hmm. There's some all right, guys. Too. Yeah, there are. There are. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll speak to you next week. Bye.